Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. everybody, welcome to Slam Fry Radio, episode 375 for October 8th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn. I'm Adriel. And we that's, got, that's Ian over there. <laughs> Hello. We got somebody else. <laughs> he's going to be joining us. And he's, he's the main topic, too. So, yeah. you know, there's that, too. <laughs> I don't want exciting. to uh, completely occupy the show, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll uh, chime in as needed. There we go. All right. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what we did in guns. Uh, so the, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center. It's Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now, they got the GSG-16 in stock. It's $459, and you can go and get it. Go and buy one of those and bring it to Maple Seed. I've seen a lot of them on the line in Maple Seeds recently. I have, have seen you? a couple as well. Yeah. And they've been surprisingly reliable. Yeah. Me, yeah. I'm surprised by that too, but... I keep hoping I'll run into somebody with one at the range so I can try it out. But uh, they're fun, especially the 110 round drum mag. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> a lot of fun. They are a really fun little rifle, but um, probably not the best for a maple seed, though. Nah, because no. you can't get your hand underneath and do that and, flat uh, palm. It's got thing that banana mag, and yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyways, I've seen a lot of them on the line. They're still fun though. Mm-hmm. Okay, Adriel. Yeah. Why don't you tell us what you did in guns this week? I did a couple things this week. Uh, oh. Let's see. I put on two maple seeds uh, in uh, Calgary. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was just a regular maple seed. The other one was a CUSF or CUSF uh, maple yep. seed. That was for the Canadian University Shooting Federation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had some like random people from the public come in too, just to help fill some of the spots. Uh, it was fantastic. I was worried because like doing a, a maple seed in October in the mountains. Mm. Mm, it was good though wasn't might, it might be st- oh it was beautiful both days are beautiful yeah. it was uh sunny and warm the, the first day first day was like 23 degrees or so second day was a little bit cooler but like it's it like sprinkled for like five minutes and then that was it oh be thing. quiet very nice very nice <laughs> nothing like kelly weather for uh for maple sea we'll get to yeah. that when we get to what i did in guns this week all right i just assume that you're always you always have bad weather for years i don't and, know and what's I always going have good on. weather Always, always. I haven't had one with bad weather yet. I had a, I had a windy one, but I haven't had one where it's like, I want to go home. This is like really Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe in a couple of weeks. Maybe okay. when I want to have my mid-October one. Uh, yeah, so that was really good. Um, had a bunch of uh, bunch of people on the line. Uh, one of the days, I had an SKS on the line and an FX9. That was kind of neat. Cool. A um, couple of people running iron sights, a couple of people running scopes, lots of different variety um, and having the university students there was really cool too, because how many university students did you have in total? Mm, I think I had like four or five. Okay, because they were yeah. saying one on a call, so I said I don't think huh. so. So I'll have to get back to them and tell them that there was four or five of them. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Really, uh, like I, what I think I was saying on the last show, or maybe I wasn't. I can't remember which discussion I was having with who, but 
Uh, if this would have been available when I was in university, I would have taken this for sure. The ability to like go to go to a, a training for uh, uh, shooting twenty twos and that kind of thing. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. learn how to shoot gophers better. So yeah, yeah the fundamentals yeah. get that under your belt. And not only that, um, Canadian University Shooting Federation was also sub- subsidizing it as well. So not only do you get like you know, you know, uh, course or training mm-hmm. on it, you don't have to pay full price on it either. Fantastic. So just go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, I got this in the mail. Not the gun, what? but like the, the bushing Okay, comp. that's really just like, mm-hmm. just, a, just you're horrible. Jealous. I know you're, I know you're jealous. Really. You're like, you know what? That is a sexy looking uh, comp on a gun, and it's really big, and it's really weird. It's it really big. the middle like this because it's a bushing comp. So can comp. you tell everybody who's listening, because not everybody's watching, can mm-hmm. you tell everybody mm-hmm. exactly what abomination you have in front of you? <laughs> <laughs> it is a 1911 bushing comp, which it replaces the bushing on, on your 1911. I have yeah. it on my GSG 1911 22, because yeah. 22s, uh, boy, uh, that's a lot of recoil. Need to cut yeah. it down yet yeah, for, for gaming. Uh, mostly, I just ordered it because uh, a buddy, a three-gun buddy of mine, and listener of the show, he's like, "Oh yeah, I got one of these from one of my 1911s." And I looked around for one that was in nine millimeter to put on my 1911 nine millimeter, but they don't really make them. They make them for 45 sized uh, barrels. Uh, mm-hmm. I ordered one, and I'm like, "Oh, you know what? It has a 45 sized barrel? My GSG." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why it's on the front. The color doesn't really match, does it? I was no, just going really. to comment. I like how the color doesn't match. Yeah, it looks. Uh, uh, this looks like a like one of those uh, airsofts that you find as like a crime scene. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I don't think these people know what uh, what to do with guns, but uh, I put it on there just because I thought it would be fun, and uh, I'll take it shooting. See, see, you haven't tried it yet with the bushing comp on there. No, yeah, no. How's I'm at the. I've been at the say- range every day, oh, every okay. weekend, and I don't have like I don't I don't shoot. I I teach shooting. I'll yeah. Do- thing myself welcome no. to the club anyway you right <laughs> <laughs> you no longer shoot no speaking uh, of uh speaking of maple seeds uh Corey, uh johnson emailed and he's like actually not <laughs> just some guy from ontario that was me and i shot a 246 <laughs> i, <know>. I <laughs> listened to the last week's show when i'm gone oh you guys I didn't know if he wanted his name on the air, so I just like I just didn't say who it was. But uh, oh, I've thrown his name uh, out of the air. Definitely, well, he definitely wants people to know that was him. That was him. <laughs> two forty six. But he's in Alberta now, so I think he counts as an Alberta uh, two forty six. Yeah, yeah. I'm now, pretty sure he, that's he, how it works. Well, it was actually done in Ontario, so uh-huh. we still win. But it he's a transfer. Like this is like a hockey player kind of a thing. He moved to Alberta. He's now on the Alberta team. Team Alberta. Does it matter? Okay. Do you remember I'm Wayne going Gretzky? Going to the Rifleman log. Remember, I'm going to change. Do you remember his... Rain Gretzky when he played for the Oilers and how good uh-huh. he played? And yeah. then he went to the Kings. Yeah. So that right. Hmm. <laughs> we didn't really buy him though. Like maybe we did. Oh yeah, that was yeah. just horrible. I stopped yeah. playing. I, the Oilers are no longer my team after that. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, let's see here. I, I took a whole, so one of the things I noticed is that a lot of people, um, are looking at my videos just for the disassembly. I was looking at, looking at my analytics there. So they go to my gun review, but they're just looking for the disassembly. And I noticed when I'm looking for disassembly videos for guns, I just want to see the disassembly, not the rest. Yeah. So I took a whole pile of my old videos and chopped them up so that it's just the disassembly and then re-uploaded them, uh, as just the disassembly. So, disassembly and then reassembly? Most of the time. 
I mean, some of the yeah. videos are like seven years old, so it's like, mm, my setup's not very good, and uh, they're are just you? not very good. But they're the only thing on the internet that covers this particular firearm. So tough luck. That's what you're getting. Are you going to reshoot them? Mm, I'm going to reshoot some of them. I realized I don't have a review video on the Browning A5, like the new one, the new mm -hmm. A5. So I'm going to do one on that. I'm going to show disassembly, and I'm going to take some of my other firearms, and I am going to show like a full, a full takedown on them. Um, because again, some of these firearms, there, there are videos out, out there and they're good on them, but a lot of them are like, it's dark, the guy's yeah. camera's moving around, the audio sucks. And like, I want to make good versions that are like 4k, nice lighting, that kind of thing. You so mean there's people... people out there who do YouTube videos that don't know what they're talking about? Well, me is one of them. Like, <laughs> go back a couple years. I think years. you do. <laughs> I think that you yeah. do. I do now. Kind of. But most of the things, <laughs> some of the things still, I still don't. I'm going to do a video on this, uh, on those Vortex binoculars, but uh, it's not like I have 10 other ones that I can go compare it against. It's not like I have like an optical comparator to like check the quality and see if, you know, it's mm. as good as the other ones or not. So, uh, yeah, some of the stuff I, I, I know about, some of the stuff, mm, mm, I'm just putting that content out there because there's nothing. Uh, oh, I got a bunch of Kydex. Uh, so I went to like Tandy Leather and picked up a bunch of Kydex. I'm going to make some cheek mm -hmm. risers because okay. I have one maple seed rifle that has like a cheek riser on it and it's like adjustable and it is the bee's knees for maple seeds and mm -hmm. doing the like vet wrap and foam and that kind of thing is for the pours. So I'm going to get some Kydex yeah. and do the <laughs> wrap thing, the bolts. Yeah, but it just means we do the foam and the vet wrap because we don't want to it's non-permanent. We don't want to end. You know. Correct. But if I take a rifle to a maple seed, I am going to have Kydex on it. So Kydex. I don't have to so have you, have you seen the YouTube videos for Project Maple Seed uh -huh. where we build the uh -huh. Kydex uh -huh. browsers? Uh-huh. So, again, well, I didn't do it, but... Rick did. You know, Rick, Rick did. did the video. And he yeah. has pretty good lighting. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'll be he doing that what he's thing. talking about. And then I'm going to do it, but like with higher, like 4K compared to Rick's like 1080 and I'm going to put okay. my video up there too. <laughs> <laughs> I think that comes down to the everything's a competition. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, um, <laughs> we're horrible. Uh, we have such, we, we're, we're texting each other. We're sending, this is like, the, and some of the things that competition. Hey, what's Alberta leading horrible. in right now? Shut what up right Alberta now. Leading okay, in? don't even Rifleman, talk about right? it. Rifleman, right? Yes. Rifleman for 2020? Not That's even close. It. I think it's not even close. Do we have more than the rest of the country combined for 2020? Yeah, but you've been doing it how much longer for oh, 2020? Oh, we didn't even excuses. start until July. I don't know. I don't know oh, be I quiet. You know what? I have how many more events after we're catching up? Just don't worry about it. And we're keeping Corey Johnson too. It's 246. <laughs> you want me to send him back? <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, next weekend, I'm at his father's place next weekend. So, so you can't go back. I'd like to see him. No. Okay. What else? Can you uh, do? Well, um, oh, yeah. I'm going to sign up for the. There's a three gun match in November. I think I'm going to sign up for it. I'm not sure what division I want to shoot in. I kind of want to shoot that 1911 with that red dot on it. But if I do that, I'm in open. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to shoot my SKS or, I don't know, my M1 Garand. But then I can't run the red dot. So I don't really know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'll decide closer to the thing. Which do you want to do more? I don't know. I kind of want to try that red dot. But I don't know if I want to try it in competition because it looks like it's going to be a lot slower than my regular pistol. 
and I'm competitive. And if I shoot with a red dot and I don't perform very well, it's going to bug me. So okay. maybe I'll just go limited again, or maybe I'll run my SKS. Get some, kind, my get some time on it first and then. I don't have do time it. to get time on it though. I, so I've got yeah. like another maple seed, Thanksgiving, sighting my hunting rifle and hunting season. Okay. Like, no time. After? Uh, maybe, maybe for December's match. <laughs> <laughs> not for November. It's not enough weekends. I know we just started October here, but I don't have enough weekends. I know. I know. Uh, and then, uh, Oh, speaking of 3-Gun, uh, they just released the amount for Battle of Alberta. So this is this uh, big two-day uh, shooting event we do at Chaz. Uh, yep. And they announced that they raised $14,000 for charity. So That's awesome. Which charities was it? Stollery Children's Hospital. Oh, cool. Like a children's hospital out here. They raised the $13,000 for that and $1,000 for the Leduc Food Bank, which is okay. uh, which is really cool. Cause you I think guys should I, post I, that. Yeah, we've been posting it in places. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, um, yeah, a lot of people. It's it's a good counter to people arguing. Well, why do you even need to, to like do competition shooting? Like, other than the fact that like, why not? It's like, oh, we do competition shooting. We have charity events, and we raise money for the stallery. Why do you hate children? So, <laughs> if someone ever comes up with the like, oh, guns, like, why don't you please think of the children? It's like, yeah, think of the children. <laughs> if you ban yeah. guns, we won't be able to do these things, and you'll be taking money out of the pockets of I don't know, like the nurses that take care of sick kids and that kind of thing. Yeah. Anyways, okay. very good. Good job. That's that's uh, it for me this week. What about you? What about Ian? Ian, yeah. what have you done in guns this week? Not a whole lot because I've been busy with other things, like you know, trying to run a YouTube channel. Which <laughs> actually, takes a surprising amount of work, but uh, I did pick up a uh, a Tavor, and Ooh, so nice. that needs to come to the range because. I got to try that out before Trudeau gets around to banning it. <laughs> I say sadly, but uh, there's probably some accuracy to it. Yeah. But uh, a little bit before that, I was out there. I was out with the 6.5 by 284, which uh lovely gun. I, I'm enjoying the heck out of that thing, but uh, finding ammo for it's a bit of a pain. So I'm also trying to talk to my insurer because they have told me that they're not sure about me reloading on on site so that's uh oh yeah yeah they're worried about fire hazards so that's going to be a fun uh fun battle to see if they're willing to let that happen without too much too much hassle but uh so yeah that's about it i also picked up this thing which is going to be used for pig's eye testing to see whether or not things are firearms oh which if you are on the radio and you can't see it, I have a plastic anatomical skull. Mm-hmm. Which so you can can you explain how that's going to be used? Um, so the test for whether something's a firearm is whether it's a barreled weapon that fires a projectile that is capable of causing serious bodily injury or death, mm-hmm. which they measure by can it put an eye out which is measured by take a pig eyeball, stuff it into a socket, Mm -hmm. and then shoot it and see if it punctures. Okay. So do you have like a gross of pig eyes? (laughs) Not yet, but I have a a pig processor that has said, we will uh, let us know and we will put some pig eyes aside for you and, you know, sell you some pig eyes. And that uh, (laughs) will be its uh, its own project. 
my wife has basically said, okay, I understand that you might be doing this in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Please, please put down a tarp. <laughs> so <laughs> shower curtains. <laughs> yep. So yeah. that's going to be a project, but uh, basically it's going to involve a lot of airsoft sort of stuff and seeing what, uh, what can and cannot puncture the eyeballs. Okay. But uh, I think that's about it for what I've actually been up to in terms of firearms, which is kind of sad, but uh, I wish I had more time in the day. It still sounds pretty cool, though. I think that that would be interesting to do. And they look kind of like Dexter, too, so awesome. (laughs) Hopefully not too much. The last thing I need is the CFO going, you are doing weird things, and therefore we are, uh, therefore we're upset with you. Yeah. All right. So what I've done in guns. Uh, so last um, Thursday, I wasn't on the show. Uh, I was not on the show because the Canadian University Shooting Federation, the women's uh, division did their launch, online launch. We had we were, we were had about 30 ladies or 30 people tune into it. It was fantastic. We had, uh, I think, nine people talking about. So we had somebody who was part of uh, competitive shooting. So that was Emily Sanford Brown, who is one of uh, – national tramp, uh, trap champion and also provincial trap champion. <laughs> Excuse me. We had somebody who is part of firearms um, from hunting. Uh, so somebody out, uh, out Andrea, I can't remember her last name for life of me now, listen, uh, from out in Alberta who is does big game hunting. So she was fantastic as well. And then we also had uh, somebody else. Uh, so a friend of mine, name's crystal she is part she used to actually work for the opp and then she has transferred over to the uh, emergency response team for the uh, nuclear power station down the road uh so she also talked about uh, women getting into the uh, fire getting interested in firearms from a an employment point of view so this launch took place on thursday it was so fantastic these ladies are incredible and then we're going to have another launch for in um the winter season so or you know the winter semester so in january we're going to have a bunch more ladies on too so if you're interested let me know and we i'll let you know the information we'll probably post it on the slam fires page as well i i post the last one but if you're interested in coming on you don't have to be a university student you don't have to actually be a female also to participate in the thing so it was really cool had a great time. Uh, did some duck hunting. I officially became a hunter on Wednesday night. Okay, so we're talking about this whole rain and following me around. So last Wednesday night, not yesterday, but the week ago, it was literally thunder, lightning, and just downpour. But we went out to the Kincaid Ranch. There's They have a pond on at their ranch. Anyways, so we went out, but as we were coming out, we flushed out the birds and they didn't come back. But what I did see on, uh, this was Wednesday. So what I did see was actually a doe come down and, and she was drinking out of the pond and she was literally 25 meters from me. And I, you know, doe season or deer season was actually on the Thursday and it started bow hunt, you know, bow hunting anyways. So didn't see any birds, didn't actually get any shots off on the Wednesday but we made and we made a date basically to come back on Friday Friday after work so last Friday when I got dressed up in my camo and 
actually just went out a little bit earlier, about an hour and a half earlier than we did on Wednesday night. And we were out there and I was able to get, uh, so I got a Drake as well as a Handwood duck. So I'm officially actually now, you know, hunting for my own food. So it was awesome. Did you eat them yet? Nope. They're in the freezer. So we have, uh, we're going to, we're just basically going to smoke them along with the other seven that are in the freezer. So trying to get some more so that we can do, um, do a big batch of them. So basically might as well. There's not a lot of meat on each one of them. You said they're wood ducks. Yeah. Wood ducks. Yeah. Pretty small. So pretty too. eh? Mm -hmm. I took pictures. It was awesome. Had it was fantastic. Um, so this past weekend, I went to Stittsville. So Stittsville is just outside of Ottawa. We had two maple seats, and we also had a Canadian University Shooting Federation maple seat as well. That was on the Saturday. We had five students plus a couple of the executive come out to that event, and then we also had people that from the general public that that helped fill out that that shooting line. And then the next day, we had a general public one as well, still at Stittsville. Had a fantastic time at both of the events, despite the fact that it rained. See the theme here. We have more rain. Anyways, uh, great time. You do. We had a, you have more rain. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, we had a couple of new IITs, so instructors in training. They came out to the event. They were first ever ones ever. They did a really fantastic job. These people are really, really knowledgeable. These are some of the people that um, uh, are doing like CRPS, ORPS. They have, they're full on into competitive shooting, but they were fantastic. Did a great job. Uh, we also had the opportunity for Kelly Kincaid. She got promoted as well. So I was super excited about that. It was her birthday. So we also promoted her to a full instructor too. She came out to the, when she came out to the event, she goes, so she was doing a, um, IPSC um, black badge course. And she goes, there was somebody at the IPSC black badge course saying, are you the other Kelly? <laughs> Because I, <laughs> I listen to Slam Fire, and they're always talking about you. So Kelly goes, I should probably listen. I said, well, we're talking about what we did in guns. I said, I'm always shooting with you. So, of course, we're talking about you, right? So I think she's going to start listening. But, it, yeah, it's kind of like – and then uh, I'm getting so, I'm getting messages, too. Like, there was this guy that I know from work, and he goes uh, – he's on Instagram, and he goes, I, I saw this girl. She was wearing a maple seed jacket, and she – you know, I was talking to her and it's kind of like, are you the other Kelly? <laughs> it's kind of like we, it's, it's weird. Anyways, getting back to that. Um, yeah. So Stittsville, fantastic time. Kusif, fantastic as well. They actually want to have another event. I got contacted basically as soon as we were done by, um, by one of the executives saying now that they've attended they're telling all their friends and they want to know if they can have one just for them and they want to be able to fill the line. I said, if they can fill the line, fantastic. I'll come up and do an event with them. But yeah, anyways. Talking to Deneen about potentially doing a special event next year for for ladies. Lady Lady guns? Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Fill it up. Fill it up. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what else? Wednesday night. So yesterday was Wednesday night. We did not go duck hunting. And the reason that we didn't go duck hunting is because uh, the ducks are actually a little scared of the pond now. Uh, so we're going to give it a little Weird. bit of rest. Is it because yeah, they've been getting shelled on the, at the pond? Because <laughs> <laughs> they keep getting shot at. Yes. And not only uh, are they get the pond is um, right down near um, a couple of fields. And so there was people, not only were we 
um, shooting at them, but there was also some some farms as well where there was fields and people were shooting at them too. So um, yeah, they're basically, we're going to give it a little bit of a rest so that uh, some new flocks can come in. Um, but so we went back out yesterday for skeet shooting. I really, really enjoy skeet shooting. And uh, again, uh, we had thunder lightning and also rain during this I don't know, uh, skeet night. So we were trying to get our squads. Usually it's just Kelly and I shooting, but we had uh, five other people on our squad. It was just huge trying to get people in before the rains and thunder. And we had rainbows and everything. It was awesome. Um, wasn't my best night, but it wasn't my worst night either. But it's more often than not now, I'm actually hitting everything that I'm trying to shoot. So I think it's... I'm really enjoying skeet and I'm really enjoying duck hunting. It's getting awesome. So anyways, uh, one of the last things that we're doing is I was telling everybody about, you know, asking everybody what I should be getting for uh, hunting, different types of things, like what should I get for jackets? What should I get for boots and all that? So I got some, I got some of these too. New muck boots. They're fantastic. They're going to be awesome. And I've been more, I borrowed a pair the last couple of times I went hunting and they were way, way too big. So I was slashing and they were falling off my feet. So now that I have a pair that's going to fit me, I'm probably going to be much quieter and probably won't trip over and be much more safer too. So. They're fantastic. I really like how warm they are, yep. waterproof, like just the, the utility of them is really, really good. Yep. And they're great for, you know, at 8 a.m. going down to the deer blind so deer stand, what we typically do is we are still in our jammies, have our little coffees and go down to the deer stand, right? And have our coffee in the deer stand, which is fantastic. Cinnamon, um, a little a couple of like marshmallows in the, in the coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have yeah. Bailey's in it, of course. And um, <laughs> we have our coffee in the deer stand and it's very nice and, and not. And then we go back and have breakfast. And then, you know, as we typically do, we'll, we'll go deer hunting off the deck. So anyways... <laughs> <laughs> I wear I wear muck boots when we go down there and it's it's a lot of fun. So I'm excited about having my own. It's awesome. Um the other thing that I've been doing a lot this week is uh, pretty much every night we've had some uh Canadian University Shooting Federation calls as well as CCFR calls as well as Maple Seed meetings and also calendar. So I have decided that I need to actually do the old, you know, cloning thing cuz it's short on time again. Yep. Anyways, and so and I'm here tonight because I wanted to see Ian because he's one of my favorites to watch. So, yay. So that's it. That's it for me for shooting this week or the last couple of weeks. It's been super exciting. I'm hunting. Yay, officially. Okay. So let's move on. Uh, upcoming events is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively exclusively with the firearms vertical. Uh, they help business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry uh, carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Check out uh, telosalpha.com. Go and say hi to them. Tell them we sent you. So we have some things that are happening currently with Maple Seed. Uh, we have some spots, like we have half a line still available at Woodview, Ontario. That's where Corey's from, by the way, where he shot a 246. If you want to be able to shoot a 246, <laughs> you got to go to Woodview. Not only is it an excellent private range, it is also they also provide food for the day too for for lunch. So whoa, whoa, whoa! This is like <laughs> this is some primo service. I don't know. I know. And you charge coffee. extra for this? Yeah, they do a little bit. But 
<laughs> but it's hot food and they also provide hot coffee and Kelly is mm. very happy because of that. And so therefore it's a much better shoot as well. So Woodview is October 17th and 18th. Those are the only spots in Ontario that still have uh, spots available on the line. Uh, you have nothing available, right? Did your EOSC sell out? Oh yeah. Like in 10 Excellent. minutes, <laughs> like I literally watching. Mine are done. Yeah. So if people are interested in getting on a wait list, people, I've been receiving a lot of emails about that. How can I get added to the wait list? Just go to the whatever event it is and click on the event right link and it'll ask you if you want to be added to the wait list. Just to let you know, also the wait lists are getting pretty long. So if you are interested, um, sign up for an event that's within driving distance as well. Like I'm talking two to three hours. See if you can actually get to that event. So uh, just because... I'm not sure if you'll be able to get into one. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, as I said, Woodview, these are the last two events that are going to be for this year that still have spots available. Like we have a few more events, but nothing's. A, nothing I mean, I, I guess it's a good time to mention if you have a local range and you want Maple Seed out there, talk to your executive um, yep. and talk to us. Reach out to your local Maple Seed um, person. And dealer. Uh, dealer, yes, <laughs> yes, dealer. <laughs> Reach out to your local for a hookup and uh, and and start start talking now because uh, it's good to it's good to have your your uh, ranges support and know yeah. know that we do that uh, and then uh, start looking. We at have some packages dates. that we can send out, but not only that, I've already booked 2021 starting for Ontario as well. So if you're interested, like you're ahead of me. I know. Everything's a competition, remember? Mm. <laughs> All right. I know what I'm doing tonight. Stop. <laughs> All right. So, so, yeah, I've officially uh, booked dates for a couple of ranges, actually. So, anyways. Do you have anything else going on? Or what about the three gun? Is it open at all? Or yeah, there's a there's a three gun on November seventh. That's uh, that's open at Ch Chaz. It's going to be a big one. We're going to have the whole range. So if you want to go out and play around, it's probably going to be cold, um, but do your guns work in the cold? Time to find out. Oh, speaking of which, so yeah, we are going to do a winter seed here. Just saying. What? I'm not February. Gonna do one here. February 21st. Cold is probably day of the year. We're going to do it because you know what? We're not wusses like Alberta. Uh, February 21st. I, okay, we'll see what the temperature is in Ontario versus Alberta when it comes around to February. I think it's going to be a little bit worse here. All right. Well, we're we're planning one in there, so it's going to be exciting. With the sorts More. of temperatures Alberta has, your cheek weld will be a literal cheek weld if you're doing this in Alberta. Yeah. Just lick it, just lick the stock and then <laughs> stick it'll, it to you. It'll, it'll freeze be. into your natural point of aim. You'll have That's to like correct. army man around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about was Lady Guns. So you were talking about Deneen and uh, Casey coming out to a Maple Seed event. Uh, Lady Guns is also some, uh, it's an organization that's in Alberta that actually takes ladies to the range and teaches them how to shoot. So there is the one that is happening, actually, it's happening this evening, and that's at the Calgary Shooting Center. So that one we probably, you know, move point anyways. Uh, but in, on the 22nd of October, they're having an event, uh, Shooting Edge, and I think it might be sold up, but you can always drop them a drop them a message at uh, on their Facebook page, Lady Guns, and it's $30. And 
all levels. Yes, I listened to last week. All levels doesn't mean height. It means all levels of experience. No power is required. <laughs> you guys. Oh, that, that makes total sense now that you say it. <laughs> God, oh, my Wait, God. I already bought a step ladder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One show. I leave you guys for one show, and it's like I've lost control of the show. <laughs> completely completely lost it yeah oh it was just like and yeah i was both laughing and yelling at, at, at my radio as i listened to you you guys. were engaged we had an engaging show if you were yelling at your radio you were engaged with the show you weren't just yeah. like passively listening to it in the background no you were you were active I, at least i'm not like trevor where i actually message you saying you did this you said what <laughs> But it was, yep. um, it was a good show, by the way, you guys. It was, it was entertaining, at least. <laughs> um, let's talk about the news. So uh, I'll talk about some of the donations for the CCFR Legal Challenge. And then why don't you actually, are there, well, I don't even see any news articles. I just have gun stuff. I don't have any news articles. Should okay. I have news articles? Am I missing any? I don't know. Anything new and, news, new and approved in the news? You talk about the other thing, and I'll think about the other thing. Okay. So right now, we have some uh, donations that were just recently submitted for the CCFR Legal Challenge. If you actually have uh, donated, we'll give you a shout-out. Let us know about it. But uh, Ipsic Newfoundland, they've done another donation for $700. Uh, Blind Man Valley Rod and Gun Club has generously donated $1,000, and also KMB Arms, $805. I think that they were doing almost like, uh, gun sales or challenge coins or something. I don't know. But part of the proceeds went to the uh, CCFR legal challenge. So, $805. Yeah. So, did no you news. Google? No news. No, news. no, no Google no. food. No. Any news? Ian, do you know any news? Um, right now, there's battles going on all over the place over these uh, firearm reviews, but... Uh, or the uh, the letters that went out. So oh, okay. Those will be yeah. interesting. The uh, Section seventy four reviews. Mm-hmm. They haven't really made it into the uh, the news at this stage. I don't know if they will, but uh, it will be interesting to see what uh, how those shake out because that is some bullshit the way they've been pulling that. <laughs> Do you know if it, if they were consolidated like everyone's challenges? That's one thing I heard I was, was that wondering. if you file a Section seventy four, if if I an Albertan file one and then another guy in alberta files one they'll just like consolidate them is that a thing i suspect that uh, that's going to happen because it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. so as much as people are like we want to uh, you know slow up the court system people need to realize that the court system is kind of built to keep functioning and this is not the first time people have tried messing with the court system yeah so there's issues that should be heard and you know, everybody's going to get their day in court, but it's likely going to be one big day in court for everybody. And that doesn't surprise me a whole lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I sort of mentioned that as, you know, one of the things when I was talking about it before is just that people who have this idea that everything's going to grind to the halt is mm-hmm. maybe not so much, but uh, so it will be interesting. <laughs> My question is, you said that it might be one big thing, So, but isn't it all provincially done? Yeah, it'll probably be one big wise. thing per province, or even they will probably lump them up into big cities. Okay. So here in Alberta, they might, for instance, 
take all of the stuff in Edmonton and all uh-huh. of the stuff in Calgary and run each of those. But uh, I have a question for you about all this. Yep. So this whole municipal thing, right? Which one? The uh, municipal the handgun ban hand thing band. that they're talking yeah. about? How, how, how realistic? It's really hard to tell with this particular party because they like to make promises that they don't follow up on. But every once in a while, they do. And this one, they keep reiterating. But this might be one of those promises that they like to just keep trotting out every time there's an election and thus don't want to give up. Uh, Conservative Party did that to us for years. But the Liberal Party are also masters of it. Mm -hmm. And so it may be that they don't do it. I mean... It seems to me that this is going to be something that uh, is going to create some problems for them in terms of how to implement it. Well, that's what I was wondering. How realistic is the implementing it? Like, it it would be... The constitutional issues on it are not easy to sort of solve. Well, that's the other thing. Can it be constitutionally challenged, too? The, uh, The people who are most likely to challenge it are the provinces, because... The provinces really aren't going to like municipalities being given powers that aren't given to them by the province. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's issues with regards to division of powers. Uh, some powers are given to the federal government and some ga- powers are given to the provincial government. Uh-huh. And so what is happening here is it looks like the federal government is trying to give federal government powers to the municipalities. And circumventing the par- province. Uh, well, A, they can't even give those powers to the province, <laughs> but B, municipalities constitutionally are just a thing that the provinces create. Like a province creates a municipality and the province can delegate powers to the municipality. Right. But the municipalities are always subordinate to the province. Right. And so this notion of we're going to powers regardless of what the province wants to do and to... Uh, try to make it so that these powers circumvent the province. And this is because in Ontario, for instance, they were saying, well, we're not going to let the municipalities ban guns. But, and then Trudeau's response was, we're going to give them that power anyway. Right. It's like, well, this is going to be a big showdown. It's going to be because also, I know we're getting a little, down a rabbit hole here, but also funding for um, municipalities and their policing services. Also, they get that from the province too. Uh, like, and the province is going to have to fund this too. And where does it come from? It's, well, it's more taxes. By the way, I'm going to be so poor <laughs> living in Ontario. <laughs> I mean, I just don't like the. I live in Edmonton, which is you know, by Alberta standards, it's probably the most uh, sort of Redmonton. Redmonton. firearms in Alberta. And it's like, why should I have to move just because you guys are jerks? Like this doesn't. So I don't, uh, I don't get it. I don't approve of that sort of thing. It's, uh, but we'll see. I mean, until they actually say, here is what a bill would look like. Here's what we're actually putting forward. It's really hard to do a full assessment of, uh, of the constitutionality or the like. But the instant they do that, you can count on, I'll be sort of first thing trying to get a video out to say, (laughs) here's what I see problems are because I guarantee there's going to be problems. They haven't really been the greatest at writing airtight legislation. Oh, yeah. We can see that with the OIC, right? 
with the OIC and the shotguns issue. Um, yeah. Supreme Court recently in their hearing went, why isn't there a transitional provision with this uh, ban on peremptory challenges for jurors? And it's very rare that you see everybody on the panel in the Supreme Court sort of nodding their heads and agreeing all together. And that's what was going on. So the Supreme Court had some comments about, you know, that piece of legislation. There's all sorts of places where there's just issues getting created that I don't think were intended, but that's politics. Yep. All right. Well, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Hopefully. Hopefully you know, they, we don't see be, what happens. Hopefully they just hope, never get around to implementing. Well, I'm it. saying, <laughs> I'm saying hopefully there won't be any chance of it. There will be an election. They'll be voted out and then it'll be. Fingers whatever. crossed. Yeah. All right. So, Adriel, why don't you talk about new gun stuff? Uh, yeah. So the first thing I wanted to say was that Go Big Tactical has the KRG Bravo uh, chassis on sale for the CZ457. Uh, yeah, baby. So if you are looking for a very fancy uh, 22, let me share my screen here. Right. Yeah. Oh, you're going to share it? Yeah. Uh, these are Blam ch- uh, chassis. So they're 497 instead of 585 So they're 100 bucks off. Uh, I don't know how they're blemished. Um, I'm generally not the person that kind of cares about that kind of thing because I don't think that people really care about it. Well, as soon as you start competition shooting with something, you're like the you're blemishes will come. Blemish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna like <laughs> if you're gonna use this in a CRPS or something like that. You're you you've got a high likelihood of uh, of hanging it off of a muffler or uh, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. some other silly thing. So uh, yes. You know, You're worrying about a blemish. Not going to be there. a blemish soon for yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, not something to really worry about. It's pretty though. It is a very nice. Uh, yeah. this next one here is Rangeview Sports has a sale on twenty twos. Uh, so they've got the model sixty four F for one fifty nine. They've got the FXP, which comes with a uh, crappy little scope for one ninety nine. Uh, they've got the Savage A twenty two for three twenty nine. Ruger ten twenty two takedown for six sixty nine. And so on and so forth. Ruger 1022 for 319. Uh, and then they've got the compact semi auto uh, Ruger 1022 for 399. So uh, cool. a bunch of uh, different options there uh, from Rangeview Sports. You know, I've, I've, I've had a couple of people take the six Savage 64s on the line. Everyone yeah. who does, it's like, man, that, that is like the cheapest semi auto you can possibly buy. Everyone who brings them on is usually a pretty good shot, though. I know. I was thinking that. <laughs> like I've had too. a couple of people patch with those things. I'm like, man, those are cheap rifles. Those are they're they're not fantastic, but well, apparently the the people who like to buy them uh, are pretty good shots. Hmm. Uh, the next one I have here, and I'm gonna, I'm not going to pull this up on screen, but Frontier Firearms has the has some WSMCRs on the way. So if you're looking for a bit of a, a more durable 180 style rifle uh, for three gun, for example, uh, mm-hmm. check out Frontier Firearms. Do you know the price on them? Uh, they are 13. I was just looking at their website. There's two versions. They have one that has like the crappy stock and then one that has like a fab defense uh, yep. furniture. And that one's just a little bit more. Okay, cool. This next one, I just want to add it in because it's, it's just kind of like a, a curio. Uh, Western Metal has an Irma EG712-22. It says it's a lever action 22. Lever if you're in the States, lever if you're in Canada. Uh, I just thought it was funny because it says uh, made in Germany. Made in, sorry, made in West Germany. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back when there was a difference between the two of them. Uh, and that's uh, that's about it. Cool. 
All right. So let's get into the main topic. All right. For our main topic, uh, we're going to talk about cr uh, recent critical and active cases in Canadian gun law. Uh, our guest today is Ian Runkle. Ian practices exclusively in the areas of criminal defense and firearms law. And he's recently launched a YouTube video called Runkle of the Bailey, where he discusses Canadian firearms law. I don't think there's another YouTube channel out there that does this, is there? Not for Canadian law that I know of. I don't actually know that there's one that focuses. I mean, I plan to talk about all sorts of law, but I've really been talking a lot about weapons and firearm stuff. Um, I don't think there's anything else really for, uh, you know, criminal or there's not really a whole lot of Canadian legal commentary out there. There's other commentary that's American, but I looked into it and there's not a whole lot. So. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, one of the uh, one of the issues, I guess, with Canadian firearms law is that there's so much gray area. Uh, uh, there was gray area before, and gray area continues to be introduced into uh, uh, into firearms law, and uh, kind of makes it tough for a lot of us to know uh, what's well, legal and, just, and what's not. And just places where the law gets really surreal, like you know, I covered the uh, the Porter decision, and you know with respect to John Wick's firearm storage and most people going, you know, shouldn't pouring a concrete slab over it be good enough. But apparently the case law says not so much. So, Oh, interesting. So like the pouring concrete over, over a, a bunch of guns is, isn't considered safe storage. The, uh, the scene where he's got them sort of in a box underneath mm -hmm. the, you know, his concrete and has to take a sledgehammer to it. Yeah. Uh, the case law essentially says because you're not complying with the regulations that require there to be a lock, that uh, that's not good no. enough. The uh, the guy in that case had actually walled it into, like he built sort of compartments in his walls in his attic. And there's a big production that it took the officers to get to this thing. They had to go through little passages and up into his attic and all of this stuff. But uh, they said it doesn't matter if your storage is better than what is contemplated by the requirements. If you don't meet the requirements, then it's not good enough. So apparently you need a lock, regardless of the fact that your container is more secure, which is one of those things where you just go, this is a bizarre result. Yeah, that is uh, bizarre. You just take the lock and just like drop it in the wet concrete. And it's as long as it's in there, it's like, yeah, it's locked. <laughs> I'm nope. not, you know, I... I don't know. It seems weird to me that you pretty much have to have a door with a lock in it. But there's all sorts of other sort of weird scenarios that I'll probably talk about in future videos. Uh, just case law gets very strange in terms of how things go about or mm -hmm. how the rules are. And that's... Uh, it's fun to talk about, but it's less fun to live with. <laughs> I guess is the long and short of it. Yeah, I mean, um, well, like one of the one of the more interesting ones. Actually, a listener had uh, had asked us about this uh, a, a recent decision in BC where someone had a, a firearms prohibition overturned. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that? So, yeah, that's the case of the Queen and Fair, and this is actually interesting because it appears that it was a consent decision that they still had to convince the judge, notwithstanding the fact that both sides were in agreement, they still had to convince the judge that the law allowed the judge to do it, and. I've actually been meaning to give the crown on this file a call. It's uh, Neil Weiberg, who is the chief crown out in BC, from what I understand, or at least rural BC. 
Uh, anyway, I'm not sure his exact title, but he's a bigwig out there. But he used to be a crown here in Edmonton, so I, I know him a bit. Mm-hmm. And he's always a guy who is very much fair-minded. He's, you know, he's not somebody who is sort of out to get a conviction at whatever cost. He's out to do the right thing, which is a great thing in a, in a crown. I, I really appreciate that. I have tremendous respect for him. But here, what they were talking about is essentially the best case scenario for somebody getting their firearms license or firearm prohibition overturned. But Mr. Fair had a lifetime firearm prohibition because of a robbery in his youth. Now, this robbery was he went in, he you know demanded stuff, went home, felt bad about it, went back to the place, gave the stuff back, and was arrested at the time. He pled guilty at like the earliest possible thing, and they gave him basically the lightest possible sentence that could be justified. They gave him a one-year conditional sentence, which is... Uh, it's essentially a jail sentence that you serve in the community, but he did three Mm -hmm. months of house arrest and some community service, which for a robbery conviction is a really light sentence. Mm -hmm. And, but because of the way the criminal code is written, he was banned from possessing firearms for life. Now he wanted to become a police officer. So that's where the, uh, the issue here was a big deal because the only thing that's really written into the code is a section that allows you to potentially partially lift your firearm prohibition for the purpose of subsistence hunting, which is a really tough sort of argument because you basically need to show why can't you get food other ways or for the purpose of employment in the only vocation open to you, which again is a really hard battle. They basically said they basically made it almost impossible to uh, to use that. Mm-hmm. But the police force said, so long as you have any firearm prohibition, you can't be a police officer. And so notwithstanding the fact that he got a pardon, which is now called a record suspension, but same effect, that doesn't actually cancel out your, your weapons ban. So they needed to convince the court to find a power to overturn this. And what they came up with was the inherent jurisdiction of the court. And so essentially this is, I am a judge, I have powers. And I'm making it sound a little silly, but it's saying that, the, that a judge, by virtue of being a judge, has certain powers with respect to dealing with legislation. And here, uh, where there's this weird gap that there's, you can get a firearm prohibition with no way to cancel it, the both sides, the Crown and Defense, sort of working together, convinced the judge that, yes, in fact, you do have jurisdiction to cancel this. And the court was saying, this is only going to be used in very, you know, unusual circumstances. So, you know, it's probably not opening the door quite as much as some people would like. Mm-hmm. There's probably people out there going, you know what, I would really like to go hunting. And the court's probably going to say, eh, that's not really what we're looking at here. But it's opened the door, at least a little bit. And that's huge because previously there were lots of cases where the court would say, listen, I really think you should be having this firearm prohibition overturned, but I don't have any power to do it. So I'm not going to do it. So this is a first case. This is a starting point. Uh, It remains to be seen whether other courts and other jurisdictions are going to say, yes, we agree that we have this power or no, we don't. But 
I'm hoping that other courts are going to agree that this power exists mm-hmm. and potentially expand it to people who are maybe not as perfect of a case as Mr. Fair, because frankly, I would, if I was writing a case just from nothing or from like a, a fiction, a, you know, a work of fiction, it would be hard to consider. It's hard to think of how I'd write this to be sort of a more favorable okay. scenario. It was the perfect case. He was somebody who was uh, very pro-social in his adult life. He it was when he was a young younger man when this took place, and he was remorseful and and he has had no other uh, no other incidents or anything. He was basically an exemplary person, but he wanted to have this overturned. Correct. Yeah, it looks like his only other involvement with the justice system is when he walked into a police station and handed them his application to become a police officer. So, so yeah, I mean, it's it is really the best case scenario because it's the guy had one and done in terms of his criminal record, as far as we can see here. And beyond that, he went and you know was engaged in nothing but pro social activities. Uh, it sounded like the police force wanted him. They were saying, you know, we want this guy to be a police officer. But uh, I don't think they would have opened this door for anybody sort of less perfect. Mm-hmm. But now that it's open, it creates the possibility to argue for maybe somebody who's slightly less perfect. But um, if I don't know where Mr. Fair is currently, you know, living, I don't know. He's probably off at uh, Depot if they've taken him. But uh, wherever he is, you know, I will send this guy a gift certificate for, uh, if he gets in touch with me, I'll send him a gift certificate for a steak dinner because I really appreciate this uh, this decision. I, It's been something that I thought was something the courts needed to fix in some fashion for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing I don't like about this case is that it doesn't have my name on it. But... <laughs> <laughs> Because as much as I would have loved for this to have been my case, yeah, I'm just happy it exists. That's <laughs> yeah, well, I set well, precedent. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of an interesting uh, uh, kind of a, a segue or squirrel thing to kind of chase a little bit. Uh, what other things are really gray area in Canadian law that you would want to uh, firm up? I guess because that's one of them. How do you how do you overturn a, a lifetime of prohibitions ban? I've got a couple that I'm personally aware of. Like, are Beowulf mags legal or not? I'd I'd, yeah. I'd love to know. The because... whole, I mean, the really easy thing to do with magazines if you were in legislature would be to say, "Listen, we are setting a magazine limit of ten, <laughs> flat out, whatever it is," and then it's really easy because you get into this weird thing of like, what happens if I have you know a forty caliber magazine that happens to fit in my handgun and takes 13 nine millimeter cartridges mm-hmm. you know because i can tell you that as much as you know we've got publications saying this is legal this you know whatever the officer who encounters you at the time is not going to necessarily understand that but you're still going to have those problems i suppose with a flat this is 10 but mm-hmm. it it gets to be really awkward i mean ideally if i was writing my own Christmas list, I'd say, let's just get rid of the mag limits entirely. But I kind of... That's definitely the simplest. (laughs) I mean, there's sort of a difference between things I think might be possible to push through Parliament and the things I wish for. But I would also love to see, like, some of the knife laws and 
prohibited weapon laws cleared up because you know I want I did a video on all of this uh, but it's very common that the knives that are by the law prohibited are being sold in knife stores at hardware stores mm -hmm. and people buy these things and for most people it's not going to be a problem because you're just going to walk around and the police never have any occasion to dig through your pockets but you know, let's say you get into an argument with your spouse and they call the cops and the cops check your pockets. They already don't like you at this point. So now when they see that your knife flicks out, now you could be facing charges for this knife that, you know, you bought it at Home Depot or you bought it, you know, wherever. Or, you know, you got given by your boss. Here's a worksite knife. And I really, I don't like situations where people who are trying to you know, you see in criminal law, when you're doing a lot of firearm stuff, you see this big divergence between people who sort of know that they're doing bad things, mm -hmm. you know, because they are bad people doing bad things. And I, when I say bad people, it's usually people who are in very difficult circumstances. You know, I, I'm not really a believer in sort of the born evil kind of uh, scenario with some possible exceptions, but, uh, you know, there are people who know that they're engaging in criminally risky behavior, you know, and this applies, you know, the guy who's dealing drugs, he knows that what he's doing could get him into some, some trouble. But similarly, it applies to, you know, you may have the gun owner who decides, you know, I'm really curious about suppressors and I think I'm going to go and order one online. And then when the police come to his door, you know, he's only, there's only so shocked that you can be at that point when you've, been trying to buy a suppressor so that's a person who knew that they were engaging in you know criminal or at that least risky be. behavior yeah. but a lot of people get tripped up not trying to be or they get tripped up because they screw up you know you get somebody who comes back from a hunting trip and you know they're halfway covered in deer blood they're you know trying to deal with you know deer's got to go into the garage rifles got to go into the you know and maybe they forget to take out a cartridge, which is unsafe. It shouldn't be done. But you also think maybe this guy shouldn't lose his, you know, shouldn't get a criminal record for this. Especially when you start talking about people who, for instance, you know, need to travel to the state. You know, people, you know, there are people who are like, I'm a salesman. I go to the states every year. It's mm -hmm. where I earn half my budget for the year. If I get a criminal record, I'm screwed. So, and, you know, it wasn't somebody who set out to do wrong. It's somebody who made a mistake. And normally a lot of those made a mistake things would be handled by, uh, you know, a regulatory ticket, something mm -hmm. that isn't going to cause them the same level of problems. But because of how our criminal law is set up, they get a charge. So I'm not a big fan of people getting tripped up for stuff they think is, you know, innocent or even just, you know, teenager picks up some throwing stars online it's like okay in mm. terms of the danger posed to the public this kid is an idiot and you know maybe an all, the, all the kids in shop <laughs> make throwing stars they all get the, the metal bender kill like yep. a couple cuts you've got this crappy metal thing it's like that's a prohibited weapon in canada yeah. i mean because you know and yeah, go ahead. It would be nicer if we saw more sort of police discretion because, 
a lot of the time it's like parliament in its infinite wisdom and i'm dripping with sarcasm here has said that uh you know throwing stars are banned but throwing knives are fine and throwing axes are fine but the one that comes from out east that one's super dangerous and needs to be prohibited because i don't know why and i have my theories but uh you know a lot of times it's like just throw it out don't you don't need to give this you know take this person and drag them through the system but what's the last time you Oh, I was going to say, when was the last time you seen like throwing stars used in a robbery or anything like that, or nunchucks, which nunchucks. are also pro- or brass knuckles, you know? Or I've or- seen nunchucks used in an assault, and I will tell you that they caused as much damage to the person wielding them <laughs> as actually more so. Basically, the guy tries to swing him, and they hit him in the face, and the guy he was trying to swing him at was sort of like, "This is hilarious," but you know, yeah. at the end of the day. The guy with the nunchucks would have done much better with a bat. You know, a bat would have worked just fine. And, you know, reviewing case law, I was able to find a case where somebody was charged with having a, uh, having throwing stars while they were attacking somebody. They didn't use the throwing stars. They just had them in a pocket because throwing stars aren't a great weapon. (laughs) They're not, you know... When it comes down to it, they're about on the same level as I threw a rock at somebody. So I would love to see some assessment of like actual dangerousness in this. And uh, another one is in the U.S. There's all sorts of exceptions for, there's lots of places that ban switchblades. And I think that's probably fairly dumb. But in the U.S., lots of places have exceptions written in for if you've only got one hand, switchblade is a okay. (laughs) <laughs> and okay. that makes sense yeah to me, it makes right? sense yeah if if, if you, know, you wanted this is to one i'd love to argue is you know listen this guy was found with a knife that opens automatically but he's not Can able I... to do this so <laughs> your law is kind of discriminatory because you know you can't be making people do this with their teeth especially if the guy's going out hunting and you know there are people with various disabilities who go hunting you know, you can't assume that people are living whatever kind of diminished life just because they're dealing with disabilities. Yeah. You know. So, you know, if you're sitting there thinking, I've got this folding knife, you know, I've got this thing that I take hunting. It's, you know, a nice, so I've got a folding knife and a gut hook. It's, I got it on the cheap. So if I lose it somewhere, I'm not too upset. But I'm just thinking if you've just been inside a deer and especially if you happen to, you know, puncture parts of the deer that maybe you didn't mean to puncture when you were cleaning the thing out going now i gotta you know put this in my mouth to open and close it like no that's just not (laughs) so i don't think all of that is terribly fair to you know to people all of these things have assumptions of able-bodiedness there's a tremendous apparent bias towards sort of non-white cultures in there because, you know, they ban throwing stars, but they don't ban throwing knives. How does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Um, a lot of the stuff they ban is based, you know, they specifically ban things based on sort of foreign names for things, which, you know, I'll do a video on this later, but it seems to me that there's some serious sort of racial animus there. You know, I can carry a, or I, you know, Depending, assuming it's not for purposes dangerous to the public peace, but I can buy a broadsword, but I can't buy nunchucks. Like, 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't make yeah. sense to me in the slightest. And it bans, you know, in some cases, you know, historical artifacts. There's no exceptions for, you know, some of these valuable items. There's no exceptions for, uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, and you get weird other scenarios. Airsoft is full of just right. things that don't make sense. And it gets worse. Australia, like you can't have airsoft in, in Australia. So they made these gel blasters that shoot yep. like these like little gel balls. And those are all now firearms. And those little gel balls, those are considered ammo. They're considered ammunition in, in, in the eyes of law down there. So if you have those balls and you don't have a firearms license, for example, <laughs> you're screwed. And I'm just thinking like, what, what does this gain anybody? Like, what is the public safety benefit to banning this? I mean, they're saying, oh, it's an imitation firearms. Therefore you need a firearms license for it. But I'm going, come on, these are toys. <laughs> like, you know, it's, Absolutely. Largely what they're yeah. doing is aiming the law directly at sort of teenagers goofing off. And I think there's better places to point it. It's, uh, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge believer in sort of deterrence or, you know, heavy sentences. I think that we do a lot better in terms of uh, reducing criminality by reducing what causes it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like if you're thinking we need, you know, bigger sentences or more crimes or whatever else, you know, don't aim it at like the 15 year old kid who's goofing off with, you know, his friends. People. Like this isn't where I think that the law needs to, you know, needs to be aimed or to solve the problem. Like, so yeah. often I find legislators are sort of, in search of something to do, you know, we have a problem. Something must be done. This is something. Therefore, let's do it. And it just leads to bad consequences. But the legislators are never really the people who feel the impact of that. It's sort of the little people who get to wear those consequences. And often, you know, especially little, you know, the little people who are in groups who are less able to deal with it because it's one thing if you can hire somebody who can you know argue the crown down or whatever else but there's lots of people who can't afford counsel who you know are perhaps because of you know various biases in society more likely to be charged or less likely to be cut a break and you know any time the law does anything, it's going to be felt most heavily by the people who are least advantaged. And mm-hmm. that's <laughs> so, and it annoys me because a lot of the time, the people who are proponents of this, who are saying we need to do this are also the people saying we need to help the, you know, the least advantaged people in society. And it's like, well, pick one. You either get to say, these are the people I'm really most concerned about or you get to say, we need a whole bunch of little laws, but you can't, so long as you understand how the law affects people once you get down to it, I don't think you can really be a fan of lots of prohibitions. It's, uh, we see this also with, you know, marijuana, which was recently, you know, legalized for personal use. Lots of people were using marijuana before it was legalized, but the people who typically got caught 
and charged with it were from sort of certain identifiable categories, you know, poor, non-white, uh, mouthy to police officers is a sort of category there because, you know, you'll... You'll so, get to charge that way. Yeah. Whereas I mean, you just throw it out or whatever. I love the it. law, but it's also frustrating when we start dealing with this. And I would love to be in a position where I could go through and say, let's fix a whole bunch of this stuff. Let's simplify this. Let's make it navigable for the ordinary person. Because I get people, you know, on my YouTube channel going, no, you're wrong about this. You know, here's what the law is. And I know I'm right. <laughs> but, you know, and the, you know, they're not meaning to be jerks or anything like that. They're meaning to try to sort of express what they know. But it's so hard to know what the law is. And a lot of the time, our, our natural inclination of what feels right or should be, which is sort of how people relate to the law, is they sort of assume that it must make sense, doesn't work. You know, those natural instincts, which should be good instincts, are completely short-circuited. Yeah, you know, once some, you once you start reading them or you start taking a look at, at what's actually in there, you realize, oh, it doesn't actually make sense. This is just what was uh, uh, going to get them uh, p- political kudos, mm-hmm. uh, and therefore they, they put it in. But really, it's like it doesn't make any sense. A lot of, the, a lot of these C-71, you look at it at half the stuff in there, mm, none of this stuff is going to affect crime or, or homicide or suicide or any of that kind of stuff. There just, just weren't that many homicides taking place with tow missile launchers here in Canada. <laughs> or no. 50 BMGs or AR-15s for that matter. We have 100,000 of those things in the country. Uh, oh. They don't get used for homicide. I mean, sure. the thing is, is that typically homicides are, you know, often sort of gang or other crime related. They're adjacent to other crime. And... Typically, that means you want something concealable, something smaller. So when they're saying we need to ban these, you know, you could shoot somebody with this 50 BMG from two kilometers out. Well, A, I couldn't. And I guarantee you, none of the people passing those laws could. You know, Mm -hmm. I would love to see. But it's also, why do you need this? And that's typically what they say. You don't need this, so we're just going to ban it. And I hate that argument because we apply it to nothing else in our society including very dangerous items. You know, I don't need to, when I go and buy, you know, cleaning products, some of which are incredibly toxic, I don't need to, you know, say, well, here's what I'm going to use it for. I don't, you know, it's, if we start getting down to just need, the only people I know who only get what they need are people who've been convicted and sentenced and are sitting in a cell and they don't enjoy it very much. They're not happy with it. Nobody wants to live that way. But, you know, why do I need it? Well, because it brings me personal fulfillment. It's the same reason why I need any of the stuff that I own is because it makes my life better. It makes my life worth living. These are the things I enjoy doing. So, you know, I'm not the world's greatest shot. I, you know, as I said, I'm a lawyer. I'm not, you know, an expert marksman. There's plenty of people. If I go to the range on any given day, there's almost certainly somebody there who's a better shot than me by far. But I still enjoy going out there and trying to push myself to do a little bit better. And, you know, it brings me a sense of, you know, accomplishment and also a sense of it's meditative. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. If you're going out there and target shooting and you have all of these worries and, 
other things in the back of your mind, you're going to shoot terribly. You have to, so it's a scenario where you basically have to control your breathing and push all of that stuff out of your head. And people say, well, you could just do yoga or something. I've got attention deficit. Yoga does not do it for me. How about trigger yoga? Trigger yoga? I do trigger uh, yoga. Somebody set that up at the range. (laughs) Maybe not in winter, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, I can sort of meditate so long as there's a bang at the end is sort of how my attention deficit, uh, you know, works. Yeah. And, uh, but fundamentally, I'm... I'm not super libertarian, but I'm fairly libertarian in outlook in the sense that it's important to recognize that we don't necessarily understand what makes other people happy and what makes them fulfilled and what matters to them. Mm -hmm. And ultimately trying to make those decisions for other people is all is going to end badly. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is say, I don't understand what, you know, what you enjoy. There's people out there who like knitting. I don't get it. Monsters. <laughs> all of them. All of them. Sociopathic monsters. Underneath. But you have to recognize, too, that knitting needles are like, those are dangerous weapons. You ever sit on one of those? Like, seriously, you can actually poke somebody's eye out with it. It's but one of the most dangerous don't. things that you could take on an airplane. Yeah, and we is, don't regulate it. You can't take it on an airplane, though. You're right. Uh, they actually do allow, I believe, wooden knitting needles on airplanes. Serious. So, you know, it's, uh, but I mean, I don't understand it, but I'm not going to go and say, you know, I need to start regulating your knitting. I'm entirely fine with them allowing knitting needles on airplanes because I'm not that worried. I'm not, uh, you know, and I've never really been a big archery guy. I tried it for a while. I did it actually for a few years, but I far prefer shooting rifles but I'm not about to go and tell the archery guys that they're wrong, that they got to stop doing this. That's not how I, you know, I think of things, but once that's sort of, I guess the fundamental problem is that decision about how people should live their lives. Mm-hmm. So that's my yeah. criminal yeah. law rant and firearms law rant. Because <laughs> it you, uh... can, I, can I ask you a question about like you're getting some serious views on your YouTube channel right now. I so, cannot explain it. <laughs> well, I can because the the videos are quite interesting. Or so, uh, some of them are up to ten thousand views. Like the the guy that um, so there was a child that was being basically shoved in a trunk, and that I guess that's how you take care one of, of them, children now, or or something. One of them just ticked over a hundred thousand views, which I okay. also don't understand. So, so what made you decide to actually start doing these videos and what's so the response been? I've had a Facebook page for a long time, which I post to sporadically sort of as yeah. something occurs to me or as I find a neat news story or whatever. And one person in particular, and I'm going to have, I don't remember who it is, but I'm going to have to go through my inbox and look at uh, who it was because they kept saying, you need to make videos. and I kept saying, that's a really nice idea and, you know, I'll keep it in mind and going, nobody actually wants to see that. Because I think of myself as sort of a fairly awkward, nerdy kind of guy. And I look at, you know, some of the other people who are operating in this 
you know, on YouTube and sort of see a lot more charismatic people. I can't even figure out how to get my hair looking right. It's not <laughs> in my skill set. So I sort of go, I'm, you know, awkward, I'm nerdy, I'm, nobody wants to see that. But uh, when they put in, and my first video was with respect to the, uh, this letter that they sent out about automatically oh, yeah. nullifying the, uh, the registration certificates. And so basically I got an, a renewed push of, you need to make videos about this, you know. And so, and also uh, uh, general counsel to the CCFR sort of reached out and said, can you make an explainer to this? And mm-hmm. so I wrote one up, but I thought this really, this might be something that works better as a video. Nobody's going to want to watch it. It's going to be boring as hell. And so I made this video and it was, you know, 20 minutes long. And I went, I don't think my wife really wants to hear me talk law for 20 minutes. So nobody's going to be interested in this, but I'm just going to post it. And quite literally, I made the video. I sort of drank two glasses of scotch until I was like, okay, I'm feeling a little, you know, crazy. I hit post and then I went to sleep because I figured that if I stayed awake, I was going to take it down. So this was just, it's out there. And the next day, my wife and I were going camping. And I figured, you know, nobody's going to be interested, whatever. So I get up and my phone is just buzzing. I'm like, what the hell? And we're driving out to the campsite and my phone continues buzzing. And my wife is going, what is with your phone? And it was people commenting. It was people, you know, subscribing. And I was going, this isn't, this doesn't make any sense to me. So once that happened, I went, well, I guess I should make another one. So I did. And people have really you know, taken an interest, as I said, I think in my most recent video, I'm not even the best firearm channel run by a guy named Ian, because of course (laughs) there's forgotten weapons out there and that's fantastic. But I guess it's kind of filled a need. So I'm going to keep at it. And eventually I may run out of sort of firearm related topics. I'm going to sort of mix in some other, you know, other law because there's a huge amount to criminal law. And I think it's interesting, although I think most of my viewers are more interested in the firearm aspect. But if nothing else, if every video I post after this just gets no interest and zero views and whatever else, it's it's been fun. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy teaching. I've, you know, taught classes in firearms and weapons law. I used to teach LSAT preparation, which is an entirely different but similar kind of thing. I enjoy passing on information. So it's been a lot of fun and I will keep at it. And that's, I guess, the long and short of it. But I really didn't expect the response it's gotten. I still don't, when I look at it, I still go, why? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, like you're you're the one covering the topics, and there yep. there aren't anyone else. Yep. There's a lot of uh, a lot of threads on CGN with people who may or may not know anything about what they're talking about, and then <laughs> well, and you're you're at least an authority on this stuff, so your take on it is probably measured and probably has some uh, some authority behind it. And I guess now I, we can say that we've had the two most famous uh, Ians that are gun, gun YouTubers <laughs> on our show. <laughs> That's correct. Well, yeah. and if uh, 
if the other Ian is ever interested, I would love to do a, a show with him. I saw he did one with uh, Marstar on yep. uh, on Canadian gun law, but I'd love to. Uh, I'm going to sort of go through that one and see because I haven't watched that particular one. Usually, I'm watching because it's neat guns, <laughs> but uh, I want to sort of go through and see did they get it all right? Because you should and reach I'm not out, do a collab. <laughs> I sent him a yeah. I sent him a message and I didn't hear back, and that's not surprising because with his subscriber base, I'm sure that whatever email address is connected to that is probably you know He's a busy. thousand He's messages busy. a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but keep uh, at it because uh, yeah, your, your YouTube channel is fantastic. It's content that is like sorely needed here in Canada, and uh, I think well, I think that's I'll why you're getting so many viewers. There's a few view, a few of those videos have been sparked by people either getting into fights on Facebook or <laughs> on CGN or whatever else. And it's like, you know, often there's these arguments and nobody is right. And it's like, well, I guess I better do a video on this one and just <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, sort of cover it because hopefully if I can sort of solve some of these issues so that they stop being... And I'm being really optimistic here. I don't think I'm going to stop any of these sort of constant arguments. It's Facebook. But, come on. <laughs> but if nothing else, you know, I've seen it happen already where people are getting into this argument and somebody's yeah. like, let me link you a video. And I go, mm. at Perfect. least somebody's going to watch that and maybe, you know, learn something. So. Yeah, well, wow. we really appreciate it, Ian. Uh, it's been uh, it's been fantastic having you on. Uh, do you have any? Uh, how do you? Uh, how do people watch your videos? Where Where do they find you? Uh, if you go on YouTube and search "Runkle of the Bailey," that will uh, turn up. I think you can find me just by plugging it into uh, Google. Just "Runkle of the Bailey." I used to be coming second to some hats. Um, <laughs> Got to beat those hats. <laughs> there's a company Bailey. Bailey's Hats that actually named one of their hats Runkle. Yeah. Which was, so when I was Googling my name, I was coming second to a hat. So one of my major <laughs> achievements was the day that I beat the hats beat the hat. <laughs> on my own search term. Now you wear hats in some of your photos, so. I do indeed. Yeah. I wear them less because I've been at the courthouse less often. Okay. Um, the hats are a really convenient way to be recognized at the courthouse. Yeah. Because if you've got a client who's never met you before and maybe hasn't seen your YouTube videos or whatever else, you can say, look for the guy with the hat, which works a lot better than look for the guy, the white guy with gray hair. Okay. <laughs> that one doesn't doesn't narrow it down that much, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's and how people can track me down and uh, check out the videos. I. I've been blown away by the support. I really just don't have the words for it. So yeah, thank well, it's you. been, uh, it's been fantastic. And we, like, we need, we need more content creators here in Canada. So it's really nice to see someone uh, tackling such a, such a tough topic and, uh, and putting out the videos that we need. Well, thank you. Once again, thanks Ian for coming on for the main topic and continuing with us for the rest of the show. Listener feedback, listener feedback is sponsored by D armory, DC gunsmith, armory, DC gunsmith, I can't even talk tonight. Armory DC Gunsmith is full, a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers uh, hot bluing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new news guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at uh, dcgunsmith.ca. You can also follow him on Instagram and also on the Facebooks. So right now, he has a Norenko Type 97. 
Gen 3. Uh, they're in stock right now. It's $1,300. Should go and get them and support Denis and the people over at uh, Armory DC Gunsmith. Fantastic. I kind of want to get one of those Type 97 Gen 3s. Kind of. Kind of? You should. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I wonder when they say some in stock. I wonder what some means. Mm, I don't know. But a big shipment came in of those. And uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious because I'm, I'm wondering, like the, the first first gen that came in, mm-hmm. uh, like the Magwell t- tightness was like all over the place. Um, the charging handle wasn't super ergonomic to get to, but the, with these Gen 3s, I guess the charging handle's on the side and it's not reciprocating. So might be neat. Well, you should go and get one and check I it out. I should probably sell yeah. another thing before I do that. What are you going to sell? Is it any good? Do I want it? How about <laughs> a Mossberg Plinkster 22? No. No. Okay. No. <laughs> and no. All right. Okay. Somebody no, I don't want it. It's not me. <laughs> Somebody wants it. Not me. Uh, so we do have some people who are, who, uh, are asking questions. Uh, they're actually for you, Ian. So what should I do if I AR lower just hold on? So I think they're missing. Just one got word. an AR lower. So what he just got an AR it? lower. What should he do with it? I mean, right now you can't do a whole lot with it legally. Um, you can't get an upper for it. So if all you've got is the lower, that's going to be a, a rough scenario. And you can't take it to a range. You can't pretty much anything. So at this stage, pretty much all you can do is hold on to it and hope that they will uh, you know, pay you for it because you're not going to be able to assemble the thing unless they unless the ban is repealed, which is another thing to hang on to it for. But uh, yeah, there may be that. some people with cheap lowers who end up making profit off whatever they, uh, whatever they offer. So that's yeah, I kind of, I kind of want to know what, what they'll offer before I like bring anything out, whether it's like more for a completed rifle or they're just paying for stripped or what's, what's happening. Cause there's a lot of different ways I can configure my stuff. <laughs> that's true. Mm-hmm. All right. So Chris W says he's, you're putting out really good content on YouTube, relevant for Canadian market. No wonder the channel gets thousands of new subscribers daily. And Mike H wants to say that uh, I think that prohibited weapons uh, orders should all they all need to be reviewed, and I actually agree with that as well. Yeah, I mean, in general, things should be banned by function, and the. The prohibited weapons section is just a whole bunch of lists of things that would otherwise be, you know, perfectly fine or would otherwise be banned, in which case it's like, why did you bother specifically banning this? And in some cases would actually just be a historical artifact because they banned some things where there's only like six of them in existence. So the notion that like if they find one, they need to destroy it when it's actually a historical artifact is like, Come on, guys. Maybe yeah, there should exactly. be an exception here for this, not uh, not a specific ban. Yeah. Okay. So that's about it. Everybody's just, uh, they're all fanboys. Just saying. They well, love Ian of the Runkle. <laughs> or, or they love the Runkle of the Bailey. Sorry. Even the Runkle. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still, uh, still mostly I just blush when I hear people, you know, saying that. It's not uh, something I'm used to, so... But I'm going to keep trying and keep at it, and hopefully uh, people continue to enjoy it. So, And they're going to start running into people in real life, and they're going to be like, Ian, 
I watch and, your videos. <laughs> and then you get to feel like that in person. Yeah. And that's going to be weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for watching. I appreciate the feedback. <laughs> Keep watching. No, it's really cool. It's, it's nice. People are, it, it's nice to get that feedback. People are really appreciate it though. They're yeah. just, yep. All right, Adriel, you want to let us know what Steve has to say? From Steve. Hi, I love the show. Uh, you guys are great for a guy that can have earbuds in most of the day. I will say you're a bit heavy on the highly competitive content. Seems like you talk about maple seed, rain, and sleeping in vans every week. <laughs> That's what we do. That's all we do. Uh, casual shooters like me just get jealous and discouraged. <laughs> uh, what I really want to ask, though, Kelly, uh, you just took the hunting course online, right? How long yeah. did it take, and could you pause it, or was it like eight hours nonstop? Thanks for uh, your time. and Keep it up. Oh, I really wish it was eight hours. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so it was online. So Ontario, what they did was they borrowed Saskatchewan's online hunters course. It's 12 chapters. Each chapter was anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. Uh, it, you were not able to actually skip through any of it because it was play. You had to hit play and then it would go to the end of it. And then it would calculate or it'd give you credit for actually watching or listening to the audio. Alberta video, one's the same whatever. Way. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. Um, so uh, I ended up doing two all nighters to do it. Uh, can you pause it? Absolutely. You can pause it. So you can do a trapdoor or two a night. Uh, I think you had uh, 30, two days to actually do it uh, in that time period. So you have lots of time. They give you a lot of time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can, you can pause it or you can rewatch it or you can go back in, take notes, whatever. Um, it was actually pretty good. There was some material that was specific to Saskatchewan, not to Ontario, but it, you know, it, it translated pretty well. So yeah, it was good. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Well, not really, but it was. I got my license out of it, so you probably yeah. learned some interesting Hashtag stuff in there win. too, right? Um, sure. Like I, okay, identifying game animals, or there's a couple of interesting things in the Alberta one. There had to have been a couple of things that were interesting for you in there. Okay, sure. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> I assume too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was you know sandhill cranes. You know we don't have. I don't think we have them. I don't. I don't think, but you know the. What are they? The filet mignon of the sky? Or is that what? Did you ribeye the, of ribeye the sky. Of the, did rhymes. you go shooting for them anyways? Did you, no, like, I, I teach maple seeds. That's, <laughs> that's my like, full-time weekend thing. It's just yeah. maple seeds all the time. <laughs> You're starting to sound like me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, why don't you read this from Carson, too? Sure. Uh, from Carson. Is this the same Carson I met? Maybe. Probably. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, finally sending you guys some thoughts again. Uh, Trevor, in D&D, the levels are for class, not race. So what's the class of the elf you talked about? Also, does the elf have a sub-race? This is a gun show, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Sudbury incident. Trevor, 100% that if they were in conflict, he was an idiot to grab his gun. The charges don't seem to indicate that, though. But I could be wrong. They know each other, so there's history. Does she have a grudge? Is she a hoplophobe? Uh, we just don't have details, uh, and that makes everything seem questionable. Let's be honest. When was the last time you grabbed a shotgun and didn't rack it? Uh, I don't know if you guys levelated <laughs> the sound in the episode, but I typically uh, I agree with Graham. This episode was significantly better for levels, and it was much appreciated. Have a good one, guys. Carson. 
I did Excellent. level eight the audio on the last one, and I guess I'm going to be doing that for Wait, all of for, them forever now. That's it's awesome. not a big deal. It's yeah. just one little one extra thing I got to do. Yeah. So, anyways, that was about the Sudbury. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you want a uh, an expert's opinion on this, uh, yeah. Did you hear about out. this, Ian? Yeah, I did a video, video on this. It. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I was saying. If you want an expert opinion on this, uh, just go check go out his video. video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things where I, I mean, it's impossible to tell because the press release is written really badly. Yeah. It's possible that it was something like, you know, it's a domestic situation. He says some heated stuff. And then the next thing, you know, it sounds like he's racking his shotgun. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, you know, the guy comes home from hunting or whatever and, you know, is checking his shotgun to make sure it's clear or cleaning it. Yeah. He went I mean, out. There's he all just sorts likes of racking things it. I do with I mean, my firearms awesome. at home that make noises. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just racking guns. For, it was, odd, it was odd that he, what he was charged with. Cause if it was actually truly threats and intimidation, like why'd you report it? Right. There was a whole lot of charges that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. That I'm just like, you know, if this is a f- domestic fight, why isn't there charges for that? You know, exactly. why isn't there, you know, uttering threats? Yep. Why isn't there, you know, so all they've got is the careless use. And I, sus- I suspect, although I don't know, but I'm going to try to follow up on it if I can. It's probably just going to be, it was careless for you to touch your shotgun in the, well, you know, in the house. Well, well, good luck with that. Yeah, that's you know. actually, you know, get thrown out. How many yeah, of mean, us who don't own firearms aren't taking them out of the cases and putting them in our, you know, safe or, or what have you, or who doesn't clean their firearms at home or, or well, what just, have you? So, when I come home, every firearm that I am going to put into a safe, you know, check it, unload it again, you know, notwithstanding the fact that I went through the unloading steps at the range before loading it in my car. Just because, assume you, that you make a mistake at some point in your life. You know, we've all, uh, the line I've used with police officers who say, well, this is my practice. This is what I always do is just, you know, have you ever not done up your fly? And people go, well, yeah. I'm like, okay, then you make mistakes. But, so that means anytime I'm putting guns away, it's open up the action, have another look, make sure there's not, you know, a cartridge in there. Right. The last thing you up. want is, yeah. <laughs> I was just say. <laughs> you don't want to find it by surprise. Is the, <laughs> you don't want to be caught with your pants down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't, uh, there's not a whole lot of detail there. And usually if they've got those details, they put it in. So it just, it's just it weird that, that you're right. The, the press release on it was very poorly written. There's not a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the fact that there's all these missing gaps, it doesn't smell right. No, it's uh, something so, else. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. If you would like to know more about that case, why don't you go on over and check out a YouTube video by <laughs> or watch us talk about it. <laughs> right. we, we we did talk about it. I know. I We're was yelling experts. at you guys yeah. so much. I'm going, oh my god, Trevor, you're a teacher. <laughs> Anyways, okay. It's great that we have a lawyer on this week. Uh, if you'd like to uh, send us an email, send us an email at slamfireradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And yeah, so uh, podcast reviews, we don't have any uh, currently, but if you want to actually check us out on 
whatever, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever. Send us a review. We'll read it. Patreons, uh, new Patreonies. Uh, did you guys ever read that one that I put in there? It looks like it's disappeared. Yes, so. I took it out. You, we read cool. it last week, right? Yeah. Excellent. I didn't mm-hmm. listen to that point. I got upset by you guys talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, anyways. Okay. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can actually go on to patreon.com, go to Slamfire Radio, and um, yeah, show us some love. Or what you can also do is you can go to our website, uh, click Click on the Cabela's link, and uh, if you're going to be shopping there, you might as well actually support the show that way too. Anything that they order that you order, then they will send us a little bit of um, kickback for it. By the way, you know when we were talking about the whole Cabela's thing, mm-hmm. about what people were buying, people mm-hmm. are interested in that. Hmm. I could should- make it a feature every once in a while. Right. What have our it's- listeners purchased on Cabela's recently? Yeah, that's exactly what they were saying. No, it was really interesting that they uh, they thought it was interesting what other people are buying. So maybe they, they'll buy it too. So, hmm. yeah. And then we can give our opinions on what they buy. I think that that's what they're interested in. They want, they want our criticism? <laughs> Is that the part? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to say approval. They're seeking approval from us, but not, okay, maybe some people are seeking criticism, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I think it could be a feature. Let's right. let's let's explore it. Mm-hmm. Why don't we give it some shout outs? Ian, do you want do you have anybody you want to give a shout out to this week? Oh that's a tough one. Honestly, just to all the organizations right now that are fighting the uh the OIC battle, because that's gonna be a long haul and yeah. the lawyers involved in it, because again, that's gonna be a long haul and I approve of what they're doing. It's uh, we're under the gun, so I I hope they prevail. Yeah, and they need some love. The uh, the various gun organizations because that's going to be an expensive fight. So yeah. if you've got some extra dollars, you might want to throw them their way. Right, so that you keep your guns, which yeah. are also expensive as well. Uh, well one of the co- even if you don't have a gun that's affected, uh, no. you're probably happier if this is the line of battle. Mm-hmm. because after they ban this, I can guarantee you they're not going to be happy. So if you're one of those guys saying, well, I don't care because I don't have an AR-15. All I have is my tricked out hunting rifle. Yeah. Well, maybe next thing the tricked out hunting rifles, they're going to say are, you know, oh, you know, they're going to call them sniper rifles. And now you're fighting in your backyard yeah. instead of somebody else's backyard. So fight early because the fight will come to you if you don't. That's true. Uh, somebody did actually just ask a question about what do you think the chances are of the injunction coming in before the two years? I th- I think that the injunction is... I'm. It's always hard to say because injunctions aren't really my area of law, but normally sort of the test for that is, is there going to be some sort of irreparable harm? Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that making everybody in Canada who might be affected get rid of their firearms is potentially an irreparable harm because if the court then says, hey, you know what? It turns out we are striking down the ban. Everybody gets to keep their rifles. It's going to be, wait a minute, we already turned those in. Those were destroyed. Like, yeah. how's that fair? But the other part of the test is going to be a assessment of the case on the merits and the court's going to have to decide that. I don't know where the court's thinking on that because there's a whole lot of filings. I haven't gone through all of them. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, 
I'm hopeful that the court is going to say, listen, we have to grant an injunction at least extending the amnesty period. Right. Because otherwise, you know, what's the point? We'll have a real hollow victory if it's, you know, the ban is struck down and you've already lost everything. Okay. Adriel, what about you? Uh, yeah, shout-outs to uh, Tom and Steve for getting their full instructor patch over the game in Calgary. Yeah, yeah, they've been uh, they've been doing a ton and, and kicking butt, and uh, yeah, they deserved it. Yeah, we get to see dogs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'd like to, I would like to give a shout out to, you know what, the listeners. The listeners are sending us some great feedback. So thanks for doing that. And also thanks for listening. All right. Uh, yeah. So basically time to sign off. So why don't you go over to Gunners of Canada? Check us out on there. Uh, we actually, so on the thread, we have some people making comments, you know. Like I did the thing. That was the you thing did. I meant. I want. I meant to mention. I did the thing. They're like, "Hey, where about? How about a letter for my municipal council person?" And oh, I that was Josh. Post, yeah, yeah. So I posted the one on Gunners of Canada, and I posted it on our on our website for that episode. So if you're okay. interested in like uh, my crappy version of a letter to send to your council person, and uh, it's there. Okay. We got one. We got some people saying, don't be, or devil, devil's advocate saying, you know what, don't even put it in their head. Don't even think about it. Don't even start to engage them until, you know, somebody. The other starts. side's going to put it in their head. You don't need to worry about that. <laughs> you, you know, there's going to be some keen anti gunner who's going to send them letters. And uh, so yeah. if they don't get your letters as well, they're only hearing one side. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Okay, like us on uh, Facebook and also join the CCFRs or even support their... Send them some shekels. For their legal challenge? For their legal challenge. Mm -hmm. Because right now, you might like to keep your guns and I'd like to see me keep the guns as well. That's about it. So, see everybody next week. Later. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.